2015, an elite DFS Army Commando unit formed to bring high-level DFS strategy to the masses. Today, hated by DFS sharks and lineup sellers alike, they continue their quest to turn Joe into DFS Pro. everyone kevin allen here aka the geek from dfs army and today we're taking a look at ufc 249 with the twist of from the perspective of superdraft superdraft one of my favorite dfs sites has just launched coverage of mma and just in time for super for um ufc 249 so we're going to take a look at the card but the first thing i really want to take a look at with this breakdown is the scoring system for Superdraft, how it's different from DraftKings, and now FanDuel, who also offers MMA. So we're going to have tons of places to play MMA this weekend. But now Superdraft, and also taking a look at who are the best plays this weekend using the Superdraft scoring formula, which differs from DraftKings and FanDuel, um, mostly because of their multiplier effect. And we're really going to get into that right now. But the first thing I want to talk about just overall is the scoring system on Superdraft and how their contests work with the multiplier and the captain position. Just understand where the angles are because each site is really, really different on a relative basis. So um, up here on screen, I have the breakdown of the scoring system from Superdraft. And as you can see, um, they have three quarters of a point for a significant strike, 7.5 points for a takedown, and 15 points for a knockdown. Now, those of you who have been playing MMA UFC on DraftKings know this is kind of a similar system to what DraftKings uses. Um, what this lacks are advanced positions and reversals. So essentially, they are mooting grappler points a little bit here. You're not getting points for an advance. You're not getting points for a um, for a reversal. Reversals are pretty uncommon, but advances really do rack up uh, scores on DraftKings for heavy-duty grapplers like, for example, on this card, Rosa and Bryce Mitchell. Now, on the flip side, the other interesting difference here uh, between the scoring system on SuperDraft and DraftKings, it's most similar to DraftKings, so I'm using that as a comparison. On DraftKings, a first-round win is 90 points. A second round would be 75. Third round, I believe, is 50. And a decision is 30. Here, there, the penalty for a decision is a little bit greater. It's the same 30 points as DraftKings is. But that is a full 15, uh, 25 points below even a third rounder. And, you know, even more points below 55 points. And, and you know, even more below fin early finishes. So the emphasis on Super Draft right off the bat is much more about getting an inside-the-distance win than it might be on DraftKings, where we've all seen on DraftKings that fighters who are heavy grapplers can go to decision and absolutely be the highest scorer on the card. I don't believe that's going to be the case at all here, especially with them also tapping down 
things like advanced position and reversals, which are stats that um, a lot of fighters actually accumulate on DraftKings who are heavy-duty grapplers. Now, let's get into the card a little bit. So just a little quick note about DFS Army. We cover everything here. So let me just see what I have open on screen. We have our cheat sheet for this event as one thing. So um, Larkin, one of our coaches for some of the niche sports, uh, especially NASCAR, has, uh, but is a big-time MMA fan and a big-time predictor and all that. He's got a breakdown for us here of his picks um, with a focus on Superdraft. In addition, on our research station, we have Superdraft projections, and that's what I'm going to open up right now. We, of course, have our projections for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Superdraft. So I'm going to open up the Superdraft version right now because what this does is it takes the multiplier into account, and it really gives a great visual of which fighters are sort of rocking a higher multiple than maybe they should be and uh, look to be in really great shape. And also, there's a little bit of a warning in place here in terms of uh, just really trying to understand the scoring system. So here's how this works. Superdraft does not use salaries on their scoring system at all. They don't have them. The way they score, instead of salaries, they use what's called a multiplier. And the multiplier is what we're going to leverage to get an edge on the field. Okay, because most of the field only thinks about who's going to win or lose the fight. They're not focusing on the multiplier effect and how even a potential fight loser could be a decent play with a high enough multiple if they score enough um, using this format. So let's just take a look overall. And, and especially because, by the way, of the knockdowns and the increase in value for takedowns and, and significant strikes, where a guy might potentially lose a fight, I mean, and with the multiplier actually be in the nuts lineup. It's not super likely, but it could happen. More importantly, because of the multiplier and because of the way that the multiplier is structured, essentially underdogs winning their fight is going to be the absolute emphasis on Superdraft. Again, unlike FanDuel or DraftKings, where we're looking for the highest scoring fighter straight up, the multiplier effect removes that from the necessity. And it takes us into who's going to win with the highest multiplier because you know, one guy scoring 85 points and another one 95 points on a straight 1.0x multiplier. Just it doesn't matter when one guy's 1.5. The 1.5x is always going to outscore the 1.0x, or almost always, if you look at how the numbers come together. So let's take a look at that real quick. Um, just to just to get a sense of how um this works. Now, if you take a look at I'm gonna look at the flex position, the captain is the most Dramatic. So the way the captain works, you see here, you have your fighter. Ryan Spann is the biggest favorite on the card. He's got a multiplier 1.5x at captain or at superflex 1.0x. What that means is when Ryan Spann fights, he's going to get his score based on the scoring system we just pointed out 0.75, three quarters of a point for significance, 7.5 for a takedown, 15 points for knockdown. He'll score straight up. As we go down the list here, we see um, some other fighter names. And, you know, the multipliers all very similar. Uh, we're Doom, Cater, Nganu, Luke, all pretty much within 0 to 10% multiplier. 
starts to starts to go up from there. You got Cejudo 1.15, and then of course here we go, Ferguson 1.2, Bryce Mitchell a ridiculous 1.2x, um, Hardy 1.2x. You're seeing Carlos Barza 1.25. These are all favorites. Anthony Pettis 1.3, Souza 1.35. Now now we're getting into the underdog section. Actually, I, is Uriah Hall? Yeah. Now we're getting into the underdog section here. Uriah Hall, just a very, very minor underdog, 1.4x. We got Cerrone, 1.45 minor uh, underdog. Justin Gage, 1.55 Rosa, and so on and so forth. As the underdogs um, get to be heavier underdogs, the multiplier for them goes up. The most mispriced fighter on the card here on Superdraft is Dominic Cruz. And I'm going to give you the reason why I believe he is one of the best plays and an absolute mortal lock to be in the nuts lineup if he wins and be the nuts captain if he wins. A mortal lock. So, you know, write that down, guys. A mortal lock. And also a great shot of being there even in a loss. And I'm going to explain how that might actually happen. But look at look at Cruz's multiplier, 1.9x. Okay. He is getting now. I, I don't know if this is a mistake in pricing or what. Let's take a look at the odds on this fight just to understand what's going on here. Dominic Cruz plus 205. Okay. He's an underdog. Okay. This is a five round fight. Scheduled for five. Most of the other fights on the card are scheduled for three. This one's scheduled for five. Dominic Cruz, big guy. Um, Point plus 205, give him about a 30% shot at winning the fight. Okay. Um, over four and a half rounds prop, minus 197. What does that mean? That means there's about a 70% or 65% chance that this fight goes to decision. That means five rounds of striking. So let's go back and take another look here. At the scoring system, five rounds of striking. Dominic Cruz is a four strike per minute guy. So each round has five minutes of striking available. We're we're discounting the fact that he actually averages more takedowns per five minutes than Henry Cejudo. I don't know that there's going to be too much grappling, but we can't rule it out that he'll get some takedowns here. But let's just look at the at the striking numbers and let's assume that Vegas is right and this goes five rounds and Cruz loses but he gets his average strikes per minute in. So that means, let's say he's a four strike per minute guy times five minutes per round. That's about 20 strikes per minute times five rounds. That's 100 significant strikes. That would be 75 fantasy points under the 0.75 system. Now we multiply that by 1.9x. So 75 points times 1.9x, oh, calculator, calculator. It's not 150. It's probably, without a calculator in front of me, it's probably like 140, right? So that's 140-ish fantasy points in a loss. Now, that's in the flex position. Now I want to show you what might happen if Ryan, that's 140 in a loss. Now, what happens if, Ryan Spann wins a three-round striking-heavy decision at 1.0x. He's a heavy favorite, 1.x. He's probably going to win. 
he lands 75 strikes in a three-round win. Now, it happens to be very likely that Ryan Spann will get takedowns and will get an inside-the-distance finish, but I'm just pointing out how a loser of a fight can actually be in the nuts lineup, and I believe that Cruz has a very good chance of getting there regardless of anything else. So let's say he lands 100 strikes we give him in a three-round decision victory. 100 strikes again gets us the same 75 fantasy points. We give him a boost of 30 points for the decision. That's 105 fantasy points. So Ryan Spann in a three-round striking-heavy decision, 105 fantasy points. Dominic Cruz at 1.9x in a five-round loss crushes that score with about 140 fantasy points, lands 100 strikes, his average 1.9x multiplier. So understanding the multiplier effect is going to be the key to super draft. And what does the multiplier effect essentially tell us here? We just got to load up on the heaviest favorites that we think have a chance to win. Now, to get into these fights a little bit, I've already fully broken down this card on the DFS Army um, Killshot FTP Fuck the Public podcast. Those of you that have seen it are DFS Army subscribers. Um, I joined Sun Tzu, Big Marley, DFS Sniper, best team in the biz, to break down the entire card top to bottom. We get into scoring potential, ownership projections, all that good stuff. Um, here, though, I'm going to do a little bit of a brief go over for all of these underdogs just to get a sense for you guys of who to play on Superdraft this weekend. They have an awesome $12 contest, 1000 entry. Again, everybody in the contest is neophyte to MMA. So there's a lot of edge here to be had, especially in the first few times they run this before the community at large figures out. And before I even get into that, I want to mention that in the comment section below on this YouTube video, make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you like, oh, let me, let me put the, let me roll the ticker. Here we go. Contest description below. We have a DFS Army special contest on Superdraft. No rake. It's $5 entry, 250 entrant um, contest. Nice little contest. Everybody who's watching this, you'll compete against me. I'll be in there. There's no rake. And the top three finishers will get a month of both DFS Army VIP subscription. That's a $49.99 value. And a month of Sportsbet Army subscription where you can get my MMA betting picks and betting picks from the best sports gambling model crew in the industry. Just an awesome value. There's a Slack. They all talk about betting and betting models and different sports. They're betting on Turkish soccer. I mean, I don't even, I'm seeing weird languages come through right now. You know, we have a Korean baseball. They're betting everything. So you get... We've just added that in. Three people will get that. That's a $100 value each. That's $300 worth of stuff in a $250 entrant contest. It's awesome. No rake. Super draft. Put it together for free for us just to pretty much get some excitement going about their MMA offering. And I absolutely want to support that. I love that there's an alternative to DraftKings. Uh, again, FanDuel just launched as well. And, you know, I'll talk about that in a subsequent video, but um, their scoring system is, is kind of unique. But let's take a look at the card from a perspective of Superdraft. Who are the underdogs that I think have a legitimate shot at winning their fight and, and certainly being in the nuts lineup? And again, it starts with Dom Cruz. I think he has a legitimate shot to win. He's much bigger than Henry Cejudo, and size matters in MMA. Um, you'll hear me say this all the time. I'm very big on 
going with the bigger fighter most of the time. Cruz is bigger. Of course, he's been out for three and a half years. So or two and a half years, almost three years. So there's a lot of risk with him. That's why he's a significant underdog here. But man, the training videos I look, the guy looks to be in great shape. And Cejudo's look great as well. He's 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 really good stuff, but he might be too small for the division. We're gonna find out. Um, he again, he looks unstoppable, Cejudo, but I mean that's a lot of recency bias talking as well. So for that reason, I think Cruz is the best play on the um on the super draft slate across the board. I just think he's the best play because of this multiplier. It's way too high. It's almost like they made a mistake. Um, so I want to exploit that. That doesn't mean Cruz still needs to win. He's got about a 30% chance of winning the fight. So understand that 70% of the time, you know, playing Cruz is going to be rough, but I think he's going to score pretty well, even in the loss, which is why I love him as a, he's basically a must play in cash, uh, on super draft and certainly a very, very strong tournament play and a very strong candidate for your champion spot, which delivers 1.5 X the multiplier. Look at his champion multiplier, by the way. It's like two point something. It's crazy. So it's almost, two, yeah, it's 2.85. And it's just massively more than most of the other fighters. Now, again, if some of these other underdogs win they, and, and Cruz doesn't, those other underdogs will definitely outscore him. So keep that in mind. Now, let's continue to go through it. I'm going to keep on the flex um, tab because that's most of your fighters. But you want to put the best one or your favorite one in the champion spot and then cycle through. All right. Sam Alvey, he's taking on Ryan Spahn. Again, Alvey, very big underdog. I don't really love him, but he could get a knockout and a finish. And, and if Sam Alvey wins, I can tell you this, almost guaranteed as well to be in the winning lineup because if he wins, I think it's going to happen early. He'll just catch Spawn. Spawn's been knocked out before, so um, he would just catch him with his big left hook. We haven't seen that out of Alvey really at the higher weight class that they're in right now, so I, I, I don't think it's likely. But when we look at the odds on that fight, I always look at the inside the distance odds on a fighter. And we just want to assume when we're playing a guy that he wins inside the distance or he wins. So Alvi by KO, TKO, plus 600. You know, they're giving him about a 10% shot, 12%. So of getting that inside the distance win, that's about, you know, if I'm making 10 lineups, I might have one with Sam Alvey uh, in case he wins. But again, if he wins, he will be in the nuts lineup. Olenek, pretty much the same thing. I highly doubt he's going to win. He's old. He he's the His skill set is just not good compared to Werdum. Werdum is the perfect counter to Olenek. Um, so unless something wacky crazy happens, Werdum's going to win that fight. And therefore, um, Olenek I don't love. But again, if Olenek does win and he's got a chance as any heavyweight MMA fighter does, um, he will absolutely be in the nuts and probably be the nuts champion. Um, Rosenstruck is taking on Francis Ngannou. Again, I, I'm, I'm concentrating on the underdogs here because those are the fighters we really need to focus on if we're going to win on Superdraft. You want to play favorites, you ain't winning shit. We need the multiplier effect. So I'm not going to touch anybody who's got a 1.0x in any... I don't care. There will be fighters who have a greater multiplier who win. And realistically, and just looking at the scoring system, I believe they should have tightened it up a little bit, and it shouldn't be as wide as what they have it. So I think that'll be corrected in subsequent weeks. We want to, when I say wide, I mean the, the range of, of multipliers should not be 1.0 to 1.9. It should be probably 1.0 to 1.3 for the biggest underdog. And, and part of this is 
even Superdraft hasn't run too many of these contests. They're not. They they ran some sims and they were testing it out. I wish I had been paying attention to those sims. I'd, I'd know even better, but quite honestly. But um, I haven't been. But I'm just saying for my own eyes, I think these multipliers are probably too wide because there's just too much of an advantage um, for any underdog that wins here. You don't even have to worry about how they're scoring. So Rosenstreich, he's taking on Nganu. Very unlikely that he gets a finish in that fight. I don't see him knocking Nganu out, but he could win a decision um, victory. And again, a winner at a plus 165 would get a lot of strikes in there. I don't really love this kind of a fight, uh, you know, for scoring because the big dudes don't throw a ton of strikes the way that you might get from a 185er. So I'm not in love with Rosenstroke, but he's definitely a live underdog to win his fight. But I think um, it's highly unlikely he does it inside the distance. And Gano is too much of a beast to really get knocked out. He's just too much of a man for that. He's Even if he loses, it'll be by decision. Um, Stevens, again, he's live for a knockout finish. He always is. He's got a big right hook. Um, but again, it's a, probably a, a sub 10% occurrence for me, and he does not score well in losses. So he's not something I'm super excited by. Um, I'd say similar for Nico Price here as we go up the list. Uh, a guy who's absolutely live for a knockout. He's got unusual power in his hands. He knocked out Randy Brown with hammer fist from bottom position, which is just like something you don't see. And it's just crazy that he did that. Um, so he's got a lot of power. Certainly somebody, a GPP play for sure mix him in here or there if he wins he's probably going to be the nuts champion so again with a lot of these guys when you're rolling them in you want to play them as the champion and that's just really really important to understand you want to play them as champion um because again if nico price wins let's just look at the scoring system again but let's see if we have previous scores for him so it shows a little bit of what happens when he scores a first round ko i mean there it is you get the knockdown you get the um a few strikes Get the first round win. It's 132 points. So, you know, you, you toss in the multiplier um, times 0.65, and you're talking, you know, 200 points for the, for this type of win. Here against means 149. Now, I'm not sure if that's affecting the multiplier. 32 strikes. That's um, uh, 714, 21 fantasy points. A knockdown. That's another 10. Uh, that's another 7.5. That's, you know, you get into 40. First round, yeah. So this is 110 and 39. This is at a 1.0x multiplier. So imagine he does what he's done in his wins at 1.65. You're going to get a, a score in the 200 to 200 plus range. So absolutely locked to be in the nuts. One thing to keep in mind, as you're making your lineup, a guy like Nico Price, who is a nuts lock if he wins, if he's in the lineup, he should be the champion. Like, don't you shouldn't probably make a lineup with Nico Price as a flex. If he's in the lineup, he's your champion. And think about that a lot as you work with the underdogs. Um, moving up the list, Jorgen DeCastro. Again, I uh, have a hard time seeing him getting a finish here. He's knocked out a bunch of opponents. He has power. You know, the odds makers say, you know, he's got a shot at a finish. Again, I would say the same thing. If he does get that finish, you know, he's an underdog. If he does get that, and he's a popular sort of play, not not for me. He's popular because Greg Hardy is just bad. At, you know, he's not super skilled, but Greg Hardy held his own against Volkov in the last fight, and I, I actually really like Greg Hardy in this fight. I think he's going to take it. I think Jorgen Castro is a supreme uh, fraud. He's looked pretty decent. You know, he's got that, he's got that sort of, hook style he throws hard he, he has knockout power for sure but he's just small 
He's just way too small for the division. And much like um, the Cruz fight, where Cruz is just massively bigger than um, Cejudo, and I think that gives him a bit of an edge that people maybe aren't paying attention to. Uh, I think the same with DeCastro. I don't love the skill of DeCastro. I don't love the skill of Hardy, but Hardy's just a much, much bigger guy. So, you know, give me the bigger guy every time. Like, I think it's harder for a smaller guy to knock out a bigger guy. I don't know. Seems simple. All right, let's move on. Rosa. Rosa is a very popular underdog play, and um, he's more of a grappler, but he could definitely get a finish inside the distance. So I like Rosa uh, as well. I like him as potentially a flex play because I I think he's got a really, really good chance of winning this fight. Um, he's a better submission grappler than what Bryce uh, uh, Bryce Mitchell is. Bryce Mitchell's priced ridiculous, uh, like almost, again, almost in, incorrectly here. At 1.2x, I, I think that's ridiculous. I, I don't understand it. I, I think that was a misprice in my mind. So um, here, Charles Rosa, I, I like him a lot at 1.55x. Justin Gage will be extremely popular. Um, here's another guy that you could potentially play even if he loses. Um, Gage is one of the highest output strikers in MMA history, putting out eight and a half strikes per minute. Um and it's funny because we look at this fight and we go, Ferguson's a volume guy. It's really Gage, who's the bigger volume guy. He's the biggest volume guy ever in the history of the UFC, eight, over eight strikes per minute. So again, five rounds of potential fighting. I don't think it's going to go five. But I don't mind stacking this fight. Even I, I certainly like it on other sites, but even here, it's stackable because I do think Ferguson's got a great chance to win, but Gage at eight strikes per minute, it won't take much if he goes four rounds and gets knocked out but is able to average his eight strikes per minute. Again, eight times five. That's 40 strikes per round. Okay? If he makes it through three rounds, that's 120 strikes landed. That's a lot of fucking strikes. At the 0.75 level per strike, we're talking about uh, 75 and uh, 15, 90 fantasy points already. Now, if this thing goes five rounds to decision, which I don't think it will, I think this fight absolutely will end inside the distance. But let's say we got five rounds out of striking and he lost the decision. That's 120, another 80 strikes. You're talking 200 strikes. You're talking 150 fantasy points. Forget the 30 round, the 30 point decision point. Will there be a knockdown or two along the way? It's absolutely possible. Um, Ferguson has been knocked down a lot of times in fights and come back from it. So there are all these different scenarios where Gagey just runs up scoring. Now we, we apply the 1.5x multiplier to it, and you get an incredible score out of Justin Gage, even in a loss. 200 fantasy points without any knockdowns. You had a, what if he wins? So if Gage wins this fight, I will venture to say at 1.5x, he should outscore Cruz and actually be the nuts champion. Even if he loses, though, he's a lock to play in cash. He's going to get a few rounds of striking in. He'll get you 60, 80 strikes in a loss. That's if he's knocked out in the second round. If he hangs in there through three or four, you're talking 120, 160, and Ferguson's there to be hit. So there is a lot of attractiveness to this fight. This is an all-in fight across the board, but we're looking at underdogs right now, and certainly Gage is live and let's look at what some of gage's scores would have been on this scoring system just just to give an idea because this dude scores like no one else uh okay so his his recent win versus edson barbosa was a first round finish 
scored 140 at 1.0x versus Donald Cerrone, another first round finish. He got 40 strikes in before that fight was over. 40 strikes. It's crazy. Each one includes a knockdown, first round win, 155. So understand what this guy can do in a short amount of time with the volume he puts out. No one does what Justin Gage does. Love this guy. So make him, if he's in your lineup, he is your champion, but he's also, if he wins, if he, and I would have him a champion in probably 30 to 40% of the lineups I'm going to create um, in case he wins. If he loses, I still don't mind him as a flex play because I think he could outscore some winners, uh, even in a loss. But we don't want to, we want winners in here, but, you know, especially at 1.55. The 1.9x Cruz is a bit of an exception to that because I think if Cruz goes to decision, he might outscore even some underdog winners if his volume is higher than it is normally. He needs to increase his volume to get there. He's a three and a half, three and three quarter strike per round guy, but he's also got a history of going for takedowns. We'll see if he does that. All right. So continuing through this list, as we're going to kind of do a little breakdown of the whole card here. Uh, Michelle Waterson, not much of a scorer. Not much of a scorer. She is not a high significant strikes per minute gal. Here's a five-round decision loss. She scored 51 points. Here's a three-round decision win, 128 points. So just a lower scorer than most. 1.5x, she has a chance to win. It's going to be a close fight between her and um, Esparza. And, and she could be in the nuts lineup, but I don't see as a champion... She might wind up as a decent flex play, but um, she'd need something unusual to happen. You can get some exposure, but I am actually picking Esparza to win that fight. Donald Cerrone, I love here. 1.45x. The multiplier is crazy, crazy high um, considering you know, how well he generally has scored in his wins. You'll see here um, versus Iaquin. When he's won, he scores incredibly well. Hundred Again, these are these are straight up scores 163 167 we apply the multiplier um when he's lost he's lost really quickly so you know what are you gonna do um it's really interesting i think these stats are are not right but 68 strikes in that loss i don't remember that i'd love to check that against some other stat system but nonetheless he scored really well in his wins lots of striking over five rounds in, in those fights this is a three rounder and it could wind up being not super exciting but i actually think Cerrone will get a bunch of takedowns here uh, as Pettis uh, does not have a very good takedown defense. So again, if Cerrone wins at 1.45x, could easily wind up in the nuts. And this is the last area where we want to hang around for this card. These 1.3s and 1.45. So, uh, you know, I'm picking Souza to win his fight. I'm not sure he's he's going to be a big-time scorer. He certainly um, hasn't scored incredibly well um, in his recent losses, but... If he gets a win, he could get a knockout here. A lot of different things that could happen. Um, I'm picking him to win. He's a slight favorite, so definitely a flex candidate for me. Again, at 1.35, I'm always going to favor the bigger multipliers for the champion spot because if they're in your lineup, again, this is the one very, very important little nugget here. If they're in your lineup, outside of... Cruz, we, we, we're putting guys in our lineup who we think are going to win the fights, so what you want to do is mix in the biggest group of underdog winners that you can want to get the winners in there um some other potential plays here uh pettis certainly we've seen cerrone 
lose in the first round recently to a few different guys. Um, those guys were above the level of Pettis and all guys that would beat Pettis as well. But, you know, if Pettis, if, if Cowboy's just too broken at this point to fight a full fight, which I highly doubt, then um, I think Pettis can get a quick finish here. Uh, I think it's more likely, again, I'm picking Cowboy to win, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen in MMA. There we go. Uh, moving up the list, Carla Esparza, lots of takedowns. She'll get a bunch of takedowns in this fight. And if she wins a decision, she doesn't throw a lot of strikes out there. I don't think it's enough at 1.25, certainly not for champion. Uh, I kind of doubt she'll do enough even to be your flex captain, so I won't have too much exposure there. Um, and, and we start to get into an area here where I'm not in love with it, where the only way that some of these guys are going to wind up in the nuts is if some of these other fighters don't win their fights. That just comes down to it. You know, we have other chances. But if, if very few underdogs win, then we'll have to venture up into this zone. So one one exception I'm going to make, I don't I don't like Greg Hardy here, 1.2x. I do think he can get a quick finish. But, I mean, if he did, even a first-round finish and a KO, let's see what he's done in the past, what that scored, 120-137. So you see here lower numbers than some of the other fighters on the card in quick finishes. These are This is the template for an early finish for Hardy. You know, 30 strikes, 20 strikes, 40 strikes, you know, a good number of significant strikes and then and then a quick finish in the first round. It still doesn't score enough. And even when you apply the 1.2 multiplier here, it's just not going to be enough to outscore. Again, we talked about the Cruz example. Cruz at 1.9, he might he might get, if he went to decision loss, he could easily rack up 100 to 120 points in significant strikes. And then multiply it by 1.9. We're talking about almost 200 fantasy points potentially in a loss. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. The more likely scenario is he racks up about 70 points in significant strikes, under 100. And, you know, 1.9 gets you to 130, 140 in a loss. But still, that could be more than what we're getting here, even in a win from Greg Hardy, especially if it's not in the first round. So there's some risk there with any of these 1.2x guys. Um, I'll make an exception. I'm, I'm not going to be into Mitchell here. He's grappling heavy. He'll get a lot of grappling points, but uh, he can get a submission early. But again, 1.2x. I'll play him a little bit, but more of a flex play. Definitely not someone I want to roll in the champion spot. Ferguson. You know, Ferguson's an animal. And um, let's see. The Cowboy fight, round two win, 163 fantasy points. So this is, again, a template. I, I could totally see Ferguson winning this fight in the second round in the same way. You know, Gagey blows his gas tank two rounds. He didn't have as much training camp. Ferguson's in incredible shape. His, you know, it's, his, it's a knockdown. Oh, this is a first-round win against um, Cowboy. But, yeah, that's when he blew his nose. 100 strikes in one round. Again, these numbers seem a little bit off to me, but... Um, I just don't don't think that's even possible. There's no way that that was the number. You know what? I'm just looking at it, and I just can't believe that it's the number. So let's let's take a look at these guys. I think those numbers are off in the – how many strikes did he actually get against the – oh, nope. There we go. 100 strikes. So they're not off. Good to know. Good to know. All right. That's crazy, though. It's a lot of strikes in one round. My goodness. So, again, Ferguson, massive volume potential here. He is a guy that if he goes if he goes five rounds 
with Gage and gets the win, even at 1.2x, we could see numbers that are unheard of, multiple knockdowns, maybe a takedown, all kinds of shit. There are all kinds of ways he can score. So he's the exception for me in terms of a lower multiplier guy that I do think could wind up as the champion and definitely will probably uh, borderline definitely be um, in the nuts flex if he wins the fight. So keep that in mind. Um, and just finishing it out here. So who do I don't love at 1.15 X uh, the multiplier Luke, I love on the card in terms of his ability to win, but, and I think he'll win inside the distance, but at 1.1 X, I'm just not sure there's enough here. He'd need to go do something more like this, multiple knockdowns, uh, an early finish, hundreds of strikes in order to have any sort of a shot uh, like the Bam Bam fight. But that's not his norm. His norm is probably more like this fight right here where he fought against Mike Perry, got a finish in the third round. Uh, um, oh, no, actually, it looks like that went to decision. Yeah, I'm not sure how the scoring system works. I, I don't remember what he did against Perry, but more, uh, most importantly, not as many strikes thrown over three rounds. Here's the Wonder Boy Thompson. I mean, that was a loss, and and man, he he actually probably won that fight. But the low multiplier means Luke is highly unlikely to be in the nuts lineup, and of course, we're doomed. I love him on the card. A cater, I'm not even touching him. I think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to get us there. It's just not enough scoring here. Um, we don't want these 1.0 and 1.05 guys. We're doomed. Great guy. Going to finish this fight in the first round. Probably going to do all of that. But the problem is, again, he's just not going to score enough, even with an early finish, to make it worthwhile. Um, the, the template for this fight is when we're doomed, took on Walt Harris. He took him down. He submits him real quick. You know, So 110 plus another 15 points. For the takedown and the um and, and the uh the quick submission. Let's see, 110, another seven and a half for the quick takedown. It's 120 fantasy points times 1.0. It's not getting us there. So anyway, you get the idea, and same deal with Span. I think he's gonna win, but at 1.0x, even a first round finish, I think will be outscored by someone like Gage or or definitely someone like Cruz if they win and even if they lose, um, but score a lot on the way to the loss. And we might see something similar from um, Nico Price, although, again, Nico Price probably needs to win to get there because his fights never go past two rounds. So that'll do it for this breakdown, guys. A little quick overview of the slate itself and a more important overview on how to approach Super Draft MMA, where to put the emphasis. Scoring system, multiplier, massive, massive, massive advantage for any underdog. We can almost throw away worrying about who's going to finish when and where and just really focus on which underdogs have a shot to win and of that group, which one will score the most and kind of work your lineups from there. So a quick way I might put a lineup together. Let's call it a I think um, Gagey will win his fight lineup. I will just start with Justin here as my as my top guy. Actually, we'll go with Cruz. We'll do a Cruz lineup because I love Cruz here. If Cruz wins, he's probably going to be the nuts champion. We could throw Justin Gage in here. And then I'll go with some fighters who I'm predicting will win, but still have high multipliers like Donald Cerrone. And maybe, um, let's see, Charles Rosa, who I think can win. And then 
one last spot. So if none of these guys are going to win, I don't think Alenik is going to win. Alvi Rosenstruck maybe probably won't score that well. Stevens is a no for me. Um, Jorgen and Price are a no. So now I can get into this area over here. Who else do I like? I kind of like Jock Gray. I kind of like Hardy. I kind of like, um, I certainly like Ferguson, but we're going to do a gagey wins lineup here. So I'm going to go with Jock Gray here at the 1.35. I don't think Jock Gray is a good scorer on on these sites, the way he his output is right now, but you never know. We'll go with Jacare right there. Boom. We put in a lineup. That's how it's done. What contest am I in? Oh, that was the DFS Army contest. Looks like you'll be going up against that lineup in the DFS Army contest. So one last piece of advice. Check out the DFS Army contest in the comments section below. Top three finishes. If you could beat my score, you're going to need to beat me. Going to try to take up that number one, number two, and number three spot, because I don't like giving out free free shit. I don't like it. But the link is in the in the section below. It is not in the lobby. You have to use our link to get to this contest. There's no rake. Um, free memberships to VIP, DFS Army, and Sports Bet Army. You get my picks, my bets for this event, and all the UFC events, which is awesome if you're into UFC. And also, of course, everything else that we do. And I will be in the $12 contest as well. So one last note. Then I just enter it. Let's see. One one last note. The big contest, twelve dollars entry. Nine hundred sixty-seven entrants. It's filling up fast. Nice little ten thousand dollar guaranteed prize pool. And when we fill it, Superdraft is going to realize, oh my gosh, we can fill these, and they're going to make even bigger and better contests for the next few cards coming up. So get in there, check it out. I uh, hope you enjoyed this breakdown. Like and subscribe to the channel for more of this type of content. And of course, go to dfsarmy.com, sign up as a VIP, use promo code GEEK. That's my code. You can get 20% off your monthly dues. VIP is going up massively in price within the next few weeks. And the reason we're doing that is we're now covering esports and soccer and all kinds of dominate with the optimizer. And uh, you know, esports with the optimizer. We're adding all all these various um, niche sports. We're we're going strong on Korean baseball and covering a million different NASCAR is one of our best things. We're about to get four NASCARs in the next in uh, seven NASCAR races in like a two week span. Covering that is just more staff, more people. So VIP, which covers every single sport, that price is going up. No one else delivers what we do for the price that we do, or even close. Everybody else could be hundreds more per month. So we're going to bring VIP up to a more reasonable level and then parse out individual sports if people want to sign up just for those sports because we're, it's just too good. Our winnings in eSports, our winnings in NASCAR, um, the niche sports like that, CSGO, and across all the different eSports, and, and again, NASCAR and MMA, our team, just too solid. Everybody else is charging 30, 40 bucks a month just for those sports. We're, we're doing it for everything combined. So get in there now before that price shoots up. And if you guys are DFS Army subscribers, yeah, stay. You know, don't don't leave because you come back. going to be more. Um, all right, that's it for this one. Good luck this weekend. Super excited about the card. Make sure to check out the DFS Army um, Kill Shot FTP, Fuck the Public MMA Breakdown as well, where myself, Marley, Sniper, and Sun Tzu, special guest, broke down the entire card from a DraftKings and FanDuel perspective. Take care, everybody.